The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 free bet. Get Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Survivor to get your free entry in our NFL Survival Contest. First place gets $500 cash and a $250 gift card to the SGPN store. Welcome, everybody, to the second edition of the Best Ball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Robb. Welcome. How you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Uh, you know, fresh off of draft day two, got some sleep in, and I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Let's do this. <laughs> For those that don't know what he's talking about, he uh, he did, how much was it again? Was it 24 hours, 36 hours of straight drafting? It, it was 24. I was up for 32, uh, um, you know, hours in a row. But it was a 24-hour live best ball drafts. And, uh, man, it got crazy. There were some very interesting drafts that happened, a lot of engagement, a lot of donations. So it, it was a lot of fun. And I already started to uh, train for draft day three. Oh, my goodness. And when's when's that happening? Uh, it'll be around the same time next year. Um, oh, okay. You know, All right. That's not coming up. I've already been talking to Kramer about it, but yeah, man, I, I need to train a little harder because definitely hit a wall for about an hour or two where I got a little sleepy, but uh, we powered through. I feel like that requires like exercising. That's like training for a marathon. <laughs> well, glad to have you here. Glad you're, you're a little more rested up and everything. Um, like I said, this is our second show, so we're still working out the kinks and everything, but we're uh, going to be talking about some training camp today, some positional analysis. And then when we have some time later, we're just going to be hitting on some of our favorite targets in the draft, some of our favorite quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and uh, some of the uh, draft ranges as well, early, mid, late round picks. Um, but yeah, just driving into some of the uh, training camp news that were uh, that been berating us over the last couple of weeks um, that we didn't get to touch on last week. Sky Moore is lighting up Chiefs training camp. He had some nice, he had a nice catch yesterday in the preseason game. Andrew, you got any thoughts on Sky Moore and the uh, and the hype you've been seeing so far? Yeah, I mean, you touched on the really nice catch that he had, you know, some toe drag swag there on the sideline. Um, I, I noticed he didn't have any playing time with Mahomes, but I think that that's fine. You know, a lot of times rookies have to earn it before they get in with starting QB. Um, so I still think that that's, you know, completely fine. Um, I'm not shying away from him at all. Um, I think that he can be electric in that in that offense. So I still think it was a, a good first game for Sky Moore. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see him get in there with Patrick Mahomes and, you know, see what they can do together. Yeah, that, that's just a bit my concern is I thought even though that he's a rookie, I thought he might work with Patrick Mahomes a bit more yesterday. And I didn't love just to see him working with the uh, with the backup offense. But yeah, like I said, just like you said, he's early. He still has a lot of time to work out the Kings. There's there's just so much potential in that offense. I've, I haven't drafted him too much just because I was burned on McCole Hardman. But I mean, just looking at the guy, he has a lot more for the physical traits you're looking for than McCole Hardman does. So. He's someone I've definitely been drafting a little bit more and someone I've moved up significantly in my redraft rankings in the last couple of weeks. And then moving on to probably the most hyped training camp player uh, so far. How about Romeo Dubs? Oh, man. Dubs is as advertised. Uh, he's getting opportunities with Rodgers. Um, if Rodgers can build that trust in him, uh, you know, I do think that that's going to go a long way. 
Uh, there's value in the late to mid rounds on him. He has been moving up. I saw his current ADP is 145. A week ago, it was 163. So, the, you know, the hype train is, is real on dubs. And, you know, I, I know he played with Jordan Love, uh, which obviously, you know, is completely fine. Aaron Rodgers was going to play in that game no matter what. But once Rodgers does play and, you know, him and dubs start connecting, I do think that he's going to hold a lot of value where he's currently going. So I that is somebody I'm definitely going to be targeting here. You know, I, I, I love I, – he's a fourth-round pick, so it's hard to hate on him too much. But, man, I, I don't know if I can watch another training camp highlight of him dominating a third-string cornerback. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the hype. He looks really good. It's great to see Aaron Rodgers hyping up a, a, a rookie wide receiver. But, man, it's just – it. we see this every year. There's always somebody who's, who's, who is flashing in training camp, whether it be, you know, fourth, fifth-round undrafted free agent. Some of them hit. There is a Terry McLaurin. There are the Terry McLaurins that, you know, there's the camp reports that they're playing well and then they continue to play well. But he's not someone I'm jumping on in redraft leagues. He's not some, you know, if I would highly consider if somebody would send a 23 second for Romeo Dubs, I would certainly probably take that. And I don't know. I don't know. I haven't checked his dynasty market really value in terms of rookie picks, but I would certainly consider that. Um, but then we had we I put Kareem Hunt down just because he was having a little he he. He said he wanted a trade, but then that seemed to calm down quickly as he got back into training camp. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't really necessarily see him getting traded, but it certainly could still happen. I think he's still going to play the uh, be the second uh, the one B running back, you could say, in the Cleveland offense. How are you feeling about Hunt this year? You know, so it started out. He asked for a trade. Browns denied that request. He showed up for camp. Everything good to go. Chubb said he, he just came out and said that he wants Hunt to stay. Um, I think that holds value considering obviously the Browns really like Chubb. If they want to keep him happy. They're going to obviously try to keep Hunt there. If he does get traded, though, Darnus Johnson to me is a big winner and obviously extreme value where he's going right now. Um, you know, I, I could see this going either way. Um, there's definitely teams out there that could use Hunt. Uh, the Browns could definitely get some draft capital back for everything they gave up for Watson. So I could see this going either way. Um, you know, stay tuned on that. You know, keep a keep an ear to the ground on this Hunt trade, though, because if he does get traded, like I said, you know, take to Ernest Johnson everywhere because him backing up Chubb, uh, you know, that's a great value where he's currently going towards the end of the draft. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, you know, De'Ernest Johnson, he was kind of a hot player toward, you know, last year, and he kind of the, the steam kind of died off this year. And he's someone I've been kind of picking up in that 17th, 18th round of uh, underdog drafts a little bit. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm, I think I've been picking up Kareem Hunt lately too as a as a high end RB three. I, you know, it's just hard to see him not returning just with those just with those touchdown spikes. Um, you know, you see, you definitely see him still scoring. I, you know, me personally, I think he's going to get in the end zone six or seven times. And so, you know, he can even probably be inserted in those lineups those weeks. So he's someone I think I'm fine targeting as an RB3. Um, another hot running back in training camp, Isaiah Pacheco. He, you know, the, the, the jokes are already starting, <laughs> you know, you know, hero running back with Isaiah Pacheco. Um, is you know, it Pacheco my, or Pacheco? Pacheco, oh gosh, see, I'm a Chiefs fan. I need to learn this. What, what is, <laughs> yeah, what is it? You, you see, more I have no idea. Is it Pacheco? I have no idea. I, I just been calling him Pacheco, but if it's Pacheco, <laughs> you know, please correct me because I, I would like to call you're, him. You're probably his proper right. name. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't think we need to learn that that much about his name, but here we are. <laughs> he's taking he's taking reps with the first team. He's gaining a lot of steam. I'm a little skeptical. Just just like once again, we we see this every year with rookies with you know just breakout training camp stars breakout 
uh, breakout players in shorts. I, it's great to see if there's any team that you could see a sixth round running back breaking into the lineup, it's the chiefs. Like I said, I, I, I personally would still draft Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, of course, above him, but how do you feel? So I like Pacheco. Um, it's been crazy. You know, during draft day, we saw him go as high as around 11 to me. That's a little that. nuts. You know, I, I don't mind taking him in anywhere from 15 or later. Um, if you saw, th- you know, any of the videos of him pass blocking, he looks like a true monster back there. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to like that. Andy Reid's going to like that. You know, they don't want to get Mahomes killed back there. Uh, he could get some early down work, too, if CEH fades out. I-, I did see a video, though, from preseason where there was like a wide open hole on the left hand side and he just completely just missed it. You know, his vision wasn't there. He ran right up the middle for like two yards. Uh, I- so I do think he's he's a little raw, but they could work with him. Uh, you know, CEH has not worked out as of yet i do still have my high hopes for ceh but you know pacheco is definitely somebody i've been drafting more of now um you know and like i said he's a pass blocking machine and i think that that's really going to help him especially getting out there on third downs and you know we know how much the chiefs like to pass so i i do uh currently like him uh his current adp again is 171 it was 208 a week ago so he uh, the rise on him is is climbing that sounds about right. That's yeah. Every draft where I see his name pop up, it immediately goes right off because he's going sooner and sooner. Going to the uh, the next running back. This is a little bit of a higher end. You know, this is someone we know who's going to be in lineups this year. Saquon Barkley. Well, hopefully if he's healthy, Saquon Barkley. You uh, just everything positive coming out of training camp. The catches. He's look. He's looking like his old self. You know, the muscles. I've talked about that. They got me back. I was completely out earlier this offseason. He's got me back again. I'm taking him in the first round of underdog drafts. I've, you know, I've, I've started targeting him more aggressively. I like right at that 112 range, two one. That's where it's kind of taken to get him now, and I'm completely comfortable taking him there and taking that risk. How do you feel? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't taken him in the first round. He's definitely early second uh, is where I prefer him. I do love Barkley though. Shout out Penn State. You know, I'm a Penn State fan, so I watched Barkley a whole lot in his college career. I actually have a signed uh, poster from him over here. He is a touch and target monster. It's a bad offense, but the volume is king. You know, he needs to stay healthy. And, and if that happens this year, you know, I feel like he can return on his value. He is just a generational talent at the running back. I mean, the things he can do is is electric, you know. So it's I, I definitely like him. I do not want to draft him in the first round as of yet. I do prefer him, you know, again, in the early second round to mid-second round. Um so, I mean, uh, again, I, I think he can be very good if he can stay healthy. And hopefully uh, Brian Dayball, you know, will will turn him into something that, you know, the previous uh, coaches have not yet. You know, he was electric his rookie year and then kind of, you know, hit or miss since then. But I, I do like Barkley a whole lot. Yeah, I just can't help him, especially like in half PPR, PPR leagues. I, I just can't help myself. I just, you know, I see a guy who can definitely catch 70 or 80 passes this year. So he's someone I'm super excited about. How about in another exciting situation, the Pittsburgh quarterback situation? It was it was pretty rough a couple of days ago. The training camp reports, you know, hearing the complete uh, Mitchell Trubisky's completion percentage in training camp thus far. I think he, it was pretty abysmal, if I remember correctly. But then you look at then you see them play in the preseason game yesterday, and it seems okay. They all they ever I think somebody had two touchdown passes, and the other two had one. I'm, I'm losing it right now at the end of the day here. But yeah, so the offense seemed productive yesterday. But like I said, the the camp hype has been far from that. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, so I believe it was Trubisky had one, Pickett had two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think Trubisky played pretty well. 
Pickett also played pretty well. They've both been kind of wishy-washy in camp. Uh, it's really, to me, it's Trubisky's job to lose, right? He's he's going to be the guy. You know, they went out and got him. I think that they're going to start him no matter what happens. Uh, but Pickett, he did look a little better in the game, I won't lie. Now, granted, he was playing against, what, the third and fourth string guys there, so that probably contributed to it. But uh, he's definitely playing better than he did in camp during the game here. So, again, I think it's Trubisky's job to lose. I think both of them could be viable for best ball you know i think that they're gonna have to throw the ball i mean george pickens is electric man like that's another guy that's steaming up the boards right now and and you know very well deserved at that point so we'll see but you know again it's it's to me it's trubisky's job to lose but pickett's he probably closed the gap a little bit you know the the leash is probably a little shorter than than it probably was before the game yeah and you know it's Man, it's a very volatile situation. I don't love any of the pass catchers really outside of Deontay Johnson, but we'll have to see. But and then moving on, David Davis Mills. Yeah, I I, ha, I did not have for he's not someone I've been targeting earlier in the offseason, but he he's apparently looking very good in camp. I guess my my main skepticism is in is in dynasty leagues, which which this isn't really the show is about. Uh, you know, I I just think Houston Texans are probably going to draft a quarterback in next year's draft, considering they're not very good and how deep the class is. But in redraft and in best ball, I don't have a problem with Mills. I think uh, you know I think especially in the quarterback three range, I think he definitely be a, a good return on value. He's definitely going to have some weeks I could see him starting. He has Brandon Cooks. Um, you know who's probably going to get the majority of the targets. You hope Nico Collins takes a step forward. So, you know, yeah, like I said, he's someone I have, you know, ranked right alongside ADP. I've been taking a little, a little bit. How do you feel? I like Davis Mills. You know, he's a guy that I've been targeting a little bit more towards the end of the drafts. Um, you can get nice late round stack potential, uh, you know, with Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. Um, I actually like Brevin Jordan a whole lot. The more I read into him, he's getting slot work. You know, they, they need to use a tight end in, the, in that offense. So I, I do like Davis Mills. He's been playing pretty well in camp. Played pretty well in the preseason game. You know, he can sling the rock. Uh, Lovey Smith reiterated that Mills is the starter. You know, so he's definitely the guy. You know, he's going to get the shot. And I do think that he is warranted to to take him best ball. Um, you know, again, he's underrated and undervalued, in my opinion. So I'm completely fine if you want to stack the Texans, you know, late with Davis Mills. Yeah, and, you know, Nico Collins is especially someone I love to, you know, hit that button when his name comes up, you know, especially as like, you know, probably – wide receiver five six ranges where he's going he, he's a great target you know a lot of potential especially as the wide receiver two in that offense the last name that i had here was damian harris the patriots are rumored to be shopping him i once again i kind of think that's probably just talk i think they'll probably roll in with damian harris and ramonde stevenson this year especially i can't quite remember were those rumors surfacing before or after james white retired Oh, I think it was like right around the same time. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know if that changes it. I don't know if that was kind of a thing beforehand. And now they'll probably be keeping Damian Harris because of James White. That'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I'll be operating like he'll be a New England Patriot this year. He's he's pretty, you know, he, he was pretty touchdown dependent last year. Pretty touchdown driven. I, one of the league leaders in touchdowns. And his efficiency left something to be desired. But although on his ADP, he returned fantastically. Uh, he's ranked as a high-end RB3 this year. He's not someone I'm aggressively targeting because I prefer some of the other guys in that range, like a Kareem Hunt, like a Patterson. But, you know, like I said, I think I, I have him ranked right alongside ADP. There's just some other running backs I usually prefer on underdog uh, drafts there. how do you, uh, Where are you drafting him this year? 
So I tend to stay away from running backs like this, right? Like he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of PPR value. Um, you know, all his value comes in the touchdowns. And I do think that that's going to regress from him. He's been running with the twos at camp. Uh, but if he does continue to fall in drafts, you know, he's going to be a, a pretty good value because if he does get traded to, you know, let's say uh, uh, Panthers or Saints to back up their their main guys, uh, Texans, because they don't really have truly a number one guy unless, you know, unless you like Damian Pierce. So there's there's some value there. Um, I'm, I am kind of interested to see what the Patriots do. If they do trade him, you know, who's going to be the guy that backs up Ramondre Stevenson right now on the depth chart? It's J.J. Taylor. Um, but I believe that it could be Pierre Strong, and that's probably the guy I would end up drafting if they do end up trading Damian Harris. Not sure I'll draft Pierre Strong towards the end of the drafts if he's still there because not sure I want the third guy in that in that offense. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Damian Harris, again, if he continues to fall, it's going to be a value. I'll start to take him. But where he's currently going, I usually steer clear because that's not really the running back I'm shooting uh, shooting for taking around that area. Yeah, completely agree. Like I said, just different guys there that I prefer. Kind of a little bit more upside, especially in best ball drafts. Now, before we get started on our, our positional analysis, just bringing you a couple more sponsors. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21, 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We are also brought to you by OddsTrader. What is OddsTrader? OddsTrader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also uh, provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It Key points, features of Odds Trader, handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game weather, and bet tracking allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire today. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Okay, now diving in kind of, you know, we, we talked about training camp updates for the show, but we are a best ball show. So now we'll be diving into a little bit of underdog best ball. And, you know, and we I've had this on last week's show, but we didn't get a chance to it just because we were hitting it off so well. We didn't have time. But uh, I was just looking at, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but just like some maybe some overarching positional strategies. Uh, for your underdog best ball lineups, you know, maybe like a little bit of difference, your differences between how you maybe would approach a larger entry league like best ball mania or the puppy where there's, you know, hundreds, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, a hundred thousand people in it where, you know, or if you're just in a 12 person league. So, you know, yeah. Do you uh, like for quarterbacks, for example, are you going in with any particular strategies this year? Is there any range of quarterbacks that you like? Are you going later in quarterback? So normally, you know, obviously, you know, again, this is all best ball. Normally I will kind of see where my first few picks are. You know, if there's any stack potential, obviously I really want to stack 
my quarterback with the wide receiver. So I, I kind of wait a little bit to see what wide receivers I'm going to get, see what stack potentials I have. Uh, you know, on the flip side of that, I do like taking Mahomes, you know, Allen and Jackson, you know, in the first uh, couple rounds. If I do that, then I try to make it a priority to stack them if possible. So it, it really depends. But I mean, my overarching strategy is to wait, see who I get wide receiver or tight end wise, and then take the quarterback to to stack them with. You know, what about you? How do you feel? You know, it's interesting. I, I approach them a little bit differently. When I'm in a larger entry league, I, I like to try to bet to have the MVP on my team. When you look at Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, there's a there's a pretty good chance that the MVP of the league is in that group of players. You know, pro- you know probably over 50%, 60%, 70% chance. So um, when I'm doing that, when I'm preaching for best ball mania, you know, the puppy bowl where I want those high range of outcomes. Yeah, I, I want to try to hit that MVP. I want that guy thrown for, you know, if Josh Allen thrown for 4,800 yards and rushing for another 700 yards and eight scores. Yeah, sign me up. I think that has a good great chance to win me some money. You know, so, you know, right there, you know, I usually try to get him a little past ADP or, you know, if I especially or if I draft Stefan Diggs, I'm fine drafting Josh Allen. Um, you know, but yeah, that's where I'm usually trying to get a little bit more of a high end quarterback just to try to get those high end outcomes, those real just spike weeks with the quarterbacks. You know, this Kyler Murray, I, I, you know, usually, yeah, in the puppy bowls, I can't find myself getting one of those Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, one of those top six or seven guys. But I'm usually a little bit more comfortable waiting in a 12 man league. I, I try to, you know, I'm, I, de- I don't necessarily need to beat you know, a hundred thousand other people. I'm just trying to beat 11 other guys. So I usually find it a little bit more productive to wait on quarterback, kind of stack those running backs and wide receivers where, you know, you know, you know, that's going to be important throughout the year to build depth. You're not needing a perfect lineup or anything like that. And then, you know, grabbing just maybe Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, maybe a couple of those guys a little bit later. And I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, Running back is something I've definitely changed my strategy on this year. It's uh, it's definitely something I've been drafting. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's, the whole landscape has changed this year. Running backs have been so popular in fantasy football. My whole, you know, my whole time in it, you know, the last, especially the last ten years, and now this year, it's, it seems like every analyst is telling you to go wide receiver heavy. So, are you going in with any running back strategies? Are you going zero running back this year, like everybody else is? No, I mean, normally I don't. I like to do hero RB or superhero RB, you know, normally. Um, You know, obviously there's times that I'll go in and take a a bunch of wide receivers first and then go zero RB. But, you know, more often than not, I am taking hero RB or superhero RB, you know, taking Dalvin Cook and Barkley or, you know, um, Aaron Jones and Javante Williams, something of that nature. You know, I like to I like to make sure I at least have one, if not two, that I can really rely on outside of injury to to get me weekly points. Um, You know, I again, you know, we all talk about the running back dead zone. I don't want to have too many guys in there. There's a few that I do like, uh, but I don't want to have too many of them. I'd rather take the wide receivers, you know, that are in there because there's a bunch that I really like in that area. So, again, I usually try to do superhero RB or uh, hero RB. But again, if the board shows me different, in the first couple rounds, then I will adjust. But normally when I go in, that's, that's kind of my strategy. You know, I've, I've always gone wide receiver pretty heavy over the years, but like I said, this year, I, so I just see where the value is of running backs early in drafts. You know, I don't mind, you know, I, I like starting off. I don't mind starting off with one of those strong wide receivers, you know, one of the big three Diggs, Adams, 
but you know, I have 13 running backs that I, I have in my top 24 players and there's, um, and usually one or two of those guys is in the third round. So especially if I'm picking in those first few picks in the draft and I have JT and CMC available to me in the first couple picks, and then I have, you know, maybe a Kamara available in the Aaron Jones available in the back end of the second round. And then you have Javante Williams and Leonard Fournette available in the back in the early third. I mean, I, that's a hard lineup to beat, in my opinion, especially, you know, if things work out well. That I mean, you know, and that that's what you're betting on in best ball, you know, especially if you're doing a lot of leagues. Got to take some risk. You know, if, if one of those guys gets hurt, OK. But I mean, that's a really, you know, if those, if those guys do what we project them to do, you're going to be really, really hard to beat in your league. I mean, you're going to be probably right in it at the end of in the best ball mania league. So I, that's where I don't mind. You know, I've, I've started three running backs and felt very comfortable with it. Yeah. You know, the one thing I've noticed is it really depends on where I get selected to, to draft. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm one through five, you know, one and two are the ones that, that are really interesting because you can grab Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. And then on the swing back, you know, you usually have sometimes Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette. But then you have some of those nice wide receivers there that, you know, the A.J. Browns of the world. I, I, I find myself at a very hard spot at the one and two. Three through five is pretty easy. I take all the wide receivers mm-hmm. there. And then after that, six through nine or ten, I like the running backs. It's it's ten through twelve that, that are kind of like one and two to me because then you have sometimes Diggs falls, then you have Adams, then you have Kelsey. You know, those guys I, I do really want to have, make sure I have a share of. So it's hard for me to go RB, RB there. So again, it's depends on where I'm drafting, will kind of dictate what I use strategy wise. Yeah, absolutely. It's usually, I mean, I'm really, I don't like most of the wide receivers in the second round range unless Diggs or Adams falls to the second round. I'm usually finding myself drafting a running back in the second round. Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Squan Barkley. There's just a lot of names there that I prefer over the second tier of talent at wide receiver. And so you're right, exactly. At the end of the at the end of that first round, if I have a pick in the 1-9 to 112 range, that is where I usually I maybe not I don't draft a running back in the first two picks. Maybe double tap Travis Kelsey and uh or Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams there. Travis Kelsey, I, I've heard I've heard a little slander this week, which has caused him to be falling. I uh, noticed in underdog leagues. I've I've seen him he's in a lot of uh leagues I've done this week, he was falling in the two four, two five range. And I'm I've been happy to grab him up there. I I think he could very well challenge for the most targets he's had in his career. So I'm happy to do that. But we're getting a little off topic as we started off on running backs. But um, And we kind of started talking about it already, wide receivers. It's very popular this year to start off wide receiver heavy, especially, you know, everyone wants to start off a wide receiver in the first pick. Is there any – so I, from what I've gathered, you're one of those people as well who likes to start off strong a wide receiver. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, again, unless I go superhero RB, if I take, two, you know, two, then I'm going to really go wide receiver heavy at that point. But um, if I can get digs at eight or nine, you know, come back around and then grab another one. You know, I, I honestly, I grabbed one the other night. It was digs. And then Adams fell to me again. I think I had the ninth pick. So I went digs Adams and, and I love that. You know, I came back around and I just full bore when a bunch of wide receivers, you know, took. Oh, man, I don't even remember who. I think it was Cortland Sutton and Terry McLaurin then after that. So, it's again, it's, it's really dependent on what happens during the, the draft before it gets to me at my first pick. You know, if I can get one of those nice wide receivers and come back around and grab another one, I'll, I'll definitely do that. But I, I kind of let the board, you know, tell me what to do at that point if I do grab a wide receiver in the first round. 
Yeah, you know, and that's what I think is most important is I, I really do dictate my strategy completely on what, what the draft's doing. And most of my drafts, you know, I feel comfortable selecting running backs early. But, you know, that changed that, that changes a lot. I've had drafts, especially in the last few days, where, yeah, it seems to switch a little bit. And I've, I've had, wide, you know, I've selected wide receivers with four of my first five picks. So, yeah, I think that's really important just to highlight, you know, you definitely adjust to your draft, take the value. I'm more of a fan of taking – the value pick as opposed to the stacking pick. I look to the guy tumbling down the draft board as opposed to kind of the stack to seek the stack. Now, of course, if I'm deciding between two players, especially like if I have Allen Robinson or Cooper cup and I'm deciding between Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, absolutely. I'll, I'll give me, give me Matthew Stafford, but you know, just between these large, you know, kind of reaching on a player, you know, eight or nine picks above where he usually goes, you know, especially, especially if he's not someone I'm, I'm targeting outside of the stack. It's someone I'm usually skipping over, but it's like I said, it's definitely more. I've been more wide receiver heavy in the past, and I've definitely switched my strategy this year, just adjusting to usual drafts. But I actually one of my favorite ones this year is going hero wide receiver. I like starting off with one of those big names at the top and then hitting that running back, you know, getting a Saquon Barkley in the second round, maybe a James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott at the end of the third. If I don't like the wide receivers, Brees Hall is a good pick in the fourth round. So, you know, you can then, you know, you can maybe pick a tight end as well. If you picked, you know, if you started off Stefan Diggs and then Travis Kelsey grabbing a couple running backs in the third and fourth round. So, you know, I just I, I like locking down well, at least one wide receiver. That's that's at least the teams that I'm most happy with, you know, especially those big five up at the top. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams. So how many running backs are you taking then after you take your first wide receiver as your superhero or as your hero wide receiver? Are you taking like three in a row running backs after that? Or like I said, it just depends. Like, you know, like I don't set it like as I, as I drafted my top wide receiver, I'm not like, man, all right, this is my hero wide receiver lineup. So like, as I said, as the draft unfolds, that might, it's more of how just how it turns out. I'm not afraid to take, if I like the value, three running backs though, second, third and fourth round. I've done it before. Um, but, you know, it's not something I'm necessarily seeking out to do. But if I do that, I definitely want to assume that I hit on those running backs. And I'm not, you know, I'm probably only ending up with four, maybe five at the most running backs in total because I'm filling out my flex spot with that third running back, too. And I need to start getting those wide receivers. So, like I said, it just it's, I'm really reacting to, to what other people are doing. But I've certainly been more running back heavy than I ever have before. Moving on. Tight end, kind of the least sexy of all of the fantasy football positions outside of the top guys. It's a it's a headache for everyone every year. Are you going into any underdog best ball uh, leagues or with any particular strategies? So obviously, people talk about great or uh, great or late, right? Like you want to get one of the elite guys or just completely wait to the end because the difference between I think it's like six and twelve or six and thirteen. Really, it's it's minuscule points uh difference you know towards the end of the year you know maybe 20 at, at the most so it's 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 one of the strategies that i don't necessarily have an opinion on i'm okay with doing that uh towards the beginning of the year when i started to draft my best ball teams i was just kind of taking value at tight end i took a lot of dallas goddard um you know i took some dawson knox zach Ertz. But now I've really honed in on taking one of the big guys, you know, taking Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts. I, I definitely love taking one of those guys. I like how my teams uh, end up. If for some reason I choose not to do that or don't get them, then I will wait and take 
you know, Hunter Henry, Robert Tunyon, uh, Higby, Njoku, you know, there's a plethora of uh, Albert O. I love Cole Komet as well. Like there's a plethora of guys past round 10, 11 that I, I will just take three of at that point and just hope that I have one on a weekly basis that will pan out for me. So again, it's, it's either top, you know, my strategy right now is one of the top three guys or just wait. I, I don't, Really love Darren Waller. He's been missing practice. Devontae Adams is there now. You know, I'm kind of unsure of what his role is going to be. And George Kittle, you know, again, I'm not a Trey Lance guy yet. Uh, you know, I like George Kittle a whole lot. I like what he does for the actual game. But in terms of fantasy value, I'm just I'm afraid that he's not going to return value at his round five, you know, currently uh, going round five, six ADP there. So that's a guy I'm kind of steering clear of. But, you know, outside of the top three, I'll just wait. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I agree with that a lot. I've been getting a good amount of exposure to Travis Kelsey because I think he could be a real difference maker this year. Mark Andrews and, this, and back into the second. No problem with that. Kyle Pitts is someone I really like at the back end of the third round a lot. There's usually he's at the tear break right after you see Michael Pittman and Keelan Allen go. It's you're usually staring at him, Josh Allen, James Conner. And um, Ezekiel Elliott is usually like that's the top of the of the key at the end of the third round. And I love drafting Kyle Pitts there because I think he, you know, he could be the tight end one this year and be a super difference maker in your lineup. And I love betting on that kind of talent. When I get past that, Darren Waller and George Kittle come up. I only like to get them when they slide a little bit past ADP. And they do do that in a lot of drafts. You know, you, you know, they start sliding into the, you know, George Kittle starts going into that mid fifth round. Darren Waller, I got I picked up a couple shares of him in the sixth round this week after that injury news. That's and I'm fine value. with yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that there. Uh, you know, but that's usually a tier that I'm avoiding. And then I mean, this underdog season, I I've basically almost entirely skipped past TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz. They're just it's just not I just don't see a big value there over the replacements that they're going a little bit later in drafts. I certainly have them above Albert O and Zach Ertz. I just don't have them ahead by that much. So I'm avoiding at those prices. I'd rather uh, keep stacking at wide receiver, running back, maybe draft a Trey Lance, too. So completely agree. Zach Ertz is someone if I haven't drafted a tight end yet, you know, kind of in that round nine range, kind of back into the eighth nine. Um, he's a, he's a great pick for me. He's going to be in a great offense. Albert O is one that really sticks out to me too, especially if I don't have a tight end there. I'm I'm, I'm fine, uh, you know, leading leading a tight end lineup with him and still maybe drafting a guy behind him, probably two guys behind him. But those are some of my favorites. Evan Ingram at the very back end of a draft, one of my favorite kind of tight you know tight ends to pair with an elite tight end. Just in two, if you're going to go two tight ends or that third tight end, if you're a little bit weaker at tight end, another guy that I really like. So like just like you said, and it's kind of the popular opinion that I think is correct. You know, get one of those top guys, and if you can't, wait for TJ Hawkinson or Kittle, Goddard. Wait for those guys to slide a little bit past ADP. Because if you, you know, if you do enough uh, drafts on underdog, you'll see people draft. You'll see people fall, and you'll be able to get your exposure eventually. Yeah, I, I do want to just point out one thing here to everybody, and you know, hopefully they'll hear it here first. But Brevin Jordan, I know I touched on him just briefly earlier, but. Man, that, that dude's just he, – he caught, I think, two balls in the preseason, had a couple different targets, uh, you know, ran a bunch of routes. He looks pretty good. You know, he has um, the opportunity in Houston. He's probably going to play some in the, uh, in the slot. He's definitely really the only tight end there that I think that they truly can utilize, you know, because of his athleticism. So, 
if you haven't looked into Brevin Jordan yet, do so. Take a look. You know, see that they're probably going to use him. You know, Lovey Smith had good things to say about him. So that's a guy I'm, I've been drafting almost every draft over the last week here. He's, you know, a, a big target of mine. And I think that Davis Mills will find affection for him, you know, in the end zone. I, I think that he could definitely score six, seven, eight touchdowns and, and have a bunch of catches this year. Absolutely. Not a bad, uh, you know, it's easy to just pair Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan right back to back at the end of the draft, too. Before we start going into some of our favorite targets in each round of the draft, Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circuits together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from pick'em and survival to fantasy pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survival Contest, free to enter. Get in over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. The, the prizes have been announced. Winner take all $500 and $250 gift card to the SGPN store. And Sleeper is the fastest growing platform today with millions of players. You probably have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. They've just passed 4 million users. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Stop what you're doing and download the Sleeper app now to play their over-under game, have fun with your friends, and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our Sleeper group our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers use terms of use for details. Okay. Like I said, I'll get a little better at those ads as we get along to it. It's it's always fun reading those, and I'm happy to have all the. We have some great sponsors for sure. Sleeper, Underdog, WinBet. Those are all some of my favorite places to go. Moving on, we have some. We're we're going to cover some of our favorite picks in each round of our drafts. Something also that we wanted to get into last week that we didn't get a chance to cover. Um, we have a lot of names listed here. I doubt we'll get to them all, but maybe just pick. We'll pick some. We'll pick our absolute favorite ones for you. Starting off with. You know, I, I kind of labeled, I wanted to g- give some targets for the early, mid, and the late round of drafts. I kind of labeled it, you know, kind of loosely, the kind of early rounds being 1 to 6, the mid rounds being 7 to 12, and the late rounds being 13 to 18. So, you know, with that in mind, I highlighted Jalen Hurts as my one of my favorite quarterbacks in the early rounds of drafts. Yeah, I just see him as a great value and kind of in that early sixth round range, late fifth round. You know, he's kind of at a tier break, in my opinion, of wide receivers and running backs usually where, you know, Cam Akers is usually gone. Kind of the guys that you see with that RB1 potential, guys that you see with that wide receiver one potential, a lot of them are gone by that point. And I'm a lot of the time I'm fine, especially in those big uh, best ball mania leagues, drafting Jalen Hurts for the upside. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely value Hertz, you know, pretty highly. He's my number five ranked uh, quarterback 
So I do like getting Hurts. Obviously, you know, one of my guys, and, you know, this is next round, so we'll talk about him maybe, is, is Devontae Smith. So I, I do feel that they have a lot of weapons. You know, this is a make or break here for Hurts. So I, I do uh, think that he's a good target in, you know, rounds one through six. And how do you feel? Or where, 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 where quarterback are you taking? I know, you know, a lot of people maybe like to wait on quarterback, but if you're drafting a quarterback early, who do you think you're taking? Oh, man. In, in this – I like Lamar Jackson a lot only for the rushing upside. You know, it's full point for passing touchdowns and underdog. So I obviously he's valued a little bit more. Um, but outside of that, I like taking Mahomes because you can stack him outside of Kelsey. You can stack him late. You know, Juju, Sky Moore, MVS. Like there's a plethora of guys that you can take. Nicole Hardman. So, you know, that's a guy I, I like to take. But you, you'll see here that I don't really have too many. Actually, I don't have any quarterbacks listed here as my you know favorite early, middle or late round picks only because of my strategy of just drafting guys and then stacking them. You know, I, I kind of like to take a shot on everybody. There's guys I want to kind of steer clear from, but I, I don't really have too many that I, you know, per se uh, target. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually I was just noticing my exposure the other day. I don't have a, a higher exposure than 14% to any quarterback. So, you know, I do spread it around quite a bit. There's not, there's not a guy that I'm in love with. You can kind of make a case for any of these early round guys, kind of an MVP case for them. So, you know, like I said, yeah, grab a little bit of exposure, especially if you see Josh Allen slipping half around past ADP, any of these guys slipping half around past ADP, there's a chance to grab your exposure in the mid rounds. There's a guy right at the back end of that round, uh, kind of 11 range. I love Matthew Stafford. I just, I, I get it. The, the elbow is concerning. Dynasty leagues, I don't love it. But it just doesn't seem like, especially unless it's more serious than they're letting on, I just don't see personally how he's going to be the quarterback 12. I just see he's a great return on ADP. He's going, you know, not eight, seven rounds past Josh Allen, and I think he could still make an MVP case this year. Maybe not likely, but he'll be in that upper echelon. I see he's probably going to be in the Pro Bowl this year. I certainly have him as a – I think I have him at quarterback eight or nine in my ranking, so he's a great value, especially, uh, you know, past – you know, he's one of those last elite quarterbacks in draft. So I I'm, I love Matthew Stafford this year. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, he's not somebody I'm shying away from by any means. You know, I'm not really too concerned about the injury as of right now. Obviously, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, you know, who knows what's going to happen with uh, OBJ. So I do think that he is still valuable there. And actually, he's he's falling due to the injury thing. So he's actually a little bit more enticing to me as of right now due to the fact of, you know, the value uh, that, that he's currently showing. So you seem to be a little more excited to start talking about running backs. So maybe we'll, 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 go, we'll dive right in. So in the early rounds, you know, in those, those first six rounds, you know, who are some of your favorite uh, running backs you're targeting? So just a couple in rounds one through six here, uh, Aaron Jones, that's probably my favorite. Again, you know what he can do in the Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers trusts him. He's obviously the number one running back. Um, obviously, A.J. Dillon's there, and I, I do worry that A.J. Dillon's going to take a majority of the goal line role. Uh, but Aaron Jones, obviously, he, he could be one of those guys that catches – 60 70 80 balls i mean they're, they're probably going to use them in the slot sometimes you know they're going to get um creative with aaron jones so that that's somebody i'm i'm really targeting uh you know are you on aaron jones off aaron jones have any opinion i you know i i've been on aaron jones i like him a lot i haven't been drafting as much him as much since i've kind of been developing this love of saquon barkley and alvin Kamara a bit more i've been i've been kind of getting i've been grabbing them where i can lately 
But Aaron Jones, especially in the early of the offseason, I was getting a ton of exposure in kind of that late second range. And now, then he creeped up all the way. And then he was going in like the first round at one point, like maybe like two or three weeks ago, kind of bordering that first round, was kind of avoiding at that point. And now he's kind of slid back again, kind of that mid-second round range. And he's someone I'm very comfortable drafting there. You just the, the upside, the PPR upside in that offense with Aaron Rodgers with nobody else to pass to, he's someone I, you could definitely see in the top five, when you're looking for top five running backs and half PPR, you want some guys who are going to catch passes. So I'm a big fan of Aaron Jones too. Any other guys that you're looking at? Yeah. The other two guys, again, you know, I, I could have just, you know, took the, the low hanging fruit and took, you know, Eckler and Harris and McCaffrey and all them. But, you know, on the show, we like to live a little dangerously. Uh, I, I liked Travis Etienne and JK Dobbins. Those are the other two guys outside of Aaron Jones that I'm really targeting in rounds one through six. Uh, Etienne has showed, you know, even in the first preseason game, I think he got 10 touches. Uh, you know, he's going to be featured. Um, barring any injury, I feel like he is going to finish as a top 12 running back. Uh, same thing with JK Dobbins, man. Like I love that everyone is kind of doubting him and, and, you know, people are talking about his injury and, you know, what are they going to do? Is he going to be ready? Like, I think this is going to really light a fire under his ass. He's going to come out and just pound the ball. I love what the Ravens do for the run game. I love that Lamar runs the ball. That'll open up some holes for JK Dobbins. So, you know, those are two guys, again, um, outside of Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, JK Dobbins, I feel have um, pretty high ceilings and their, their floor is probably pretty manageable too, outside of injury. Absolutely. Uh, Etienne was somebody that I I definitely got a ton of, I'm glad I got a ton of exposure to in kind of that fifth, sixth round range in the early in the off season. And, I've kind of slowed my role a little bit with the James Robinson news, but I certainly, it hasn't deterred me too much, and I'm still very comfortable with him at his ADP. I had Brees Hall highlighted here. I'm a little more nervous about that. I had written that down before the Zach Wilson news, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be that serious, despite what originally came out. It's, I don't love it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to hold, until we hear something about Zach Wilson missing serious regular season time, and, you know, I'm not even sure if that would be necessarily a bad thing for Brees Hall. Maybe just a Najee Harris level volume, just a you know, we're just going to pound uh, Brees Hall all season. But I, I would tend to think it probably wouldn't be great, the health of the offense, the touchdown opportunities. So he's someone I'm a little bit more nervous about. But, man, in the, in the fourth round, especially considering some of the wide receivers going around him in underdog drafts, you have Jerry Judy, Allen Robinson. While I, I think those guys have a lot of upside, they certainly have a lot of risk to their profile. And Brees Hall, I just see as a really rock solid, safe option to, you know, especially with later second half of the season. I think if we, if we measure the last nine games this year, I think he will so- solidly be an RB1. And, but, you know, maybe, maybe it takes him a little while to get there. I have him ranked as a fringe RB1 this year. I think I have him ranked about RB14, 15, about pretty close to ADP. But just compared to the wide receivers there, I really like him. Yep. No, totally agree. You know, I, I do like Brees Hall. I, I do worry that the Jets are just going to suck. I mean, how often can they run the ball if they're just behind by double digit points? So I actually don't mind grabbing Michael Carter later on. Um, I do value both of them. Um, you know, Michael Carter was good last year. I know they went out and drafted Brees Hall, but he was good, you know, for them. And, and he's shown that he can catch the ball. You know, I so I do f- fear a little bit that Michael Carter is going to get more work than people think he's going to. Um, but, you know, again, Brees Hall, good, good running back, great profile. Um, obviously he's going to be the guy for the Jets. So, you know, I most certainly don't mind taking him in the mid rounds. 
Absolutely. And moving on, I have Corderell Patterson highlighted as my favorite mid-round running back. I think he's like RB38 on underdog. And that just seems a little crazy to me, especially considering the year that he had last year. That's outside of RB3 range. And he's he's still the starting running back. And I just don't see, like, I get it. He's going to have regression. And I know like all the arguments I completely agree with. But I feel like we're arguing against why he can't be an RB one, not why he can't be an RB three. So, uh, what, where, are you are you getting any uh, Cordero Patterson exposure this year? Man, that's honestly somebody I haven't really drafted a whole lot of. I I prefer actually to wait um, rounds and take Tyler Algier. I do think he's eventually going to overtake him. Cordero Patterson's like a Swiss Army knife, right? Like he can do it all, but I don't think he's like the master of doing anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I do think he's going to have his role in the offense, but I do think he's probably better used as a guy that they use in the slot or a guy that they use on third downs. Um, So again, I, I, I haven't got a whole lot of him. I do prefer Algier to him. But I do see that, you know, his value right now, you know, as you said, he's being drafted as what the you said running back 38 like that. I think. Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's true. And again, I haven't the top of my head. (laughs) I haven't looked at the uh, the the ADP here for him yet. But if that's true, I mean, that's that's really great value. You know, again, he's he's going to be used and he's shown last year that he can ball out. You know, they just I, I fear that his role from last year is definitely going to change. Quarterback has changed now to a running quarterback. So I worry that they're not going to use, um, you know, Patterson as, as much as they did. Um, yeah. So, I, again, I, I like Patterson, but I, I think I prefer waiting and just taking Algier later on. And I have confirmed that it is the RB 38. So, yeah, like I said, I, I just like the value. I totally get why he's going to he's going to have regression. I totally agree. But I just, I just don't. I see him finishing in, in our as an RB three at least, especially in, in a bad offense. Even I think he's going to catch some passes still. So he's one of my favorites. But who, who are some of your guys in the round seven to twelve range? Uh, I like Ramondre Stevenson a whole lot. He's rising up. Like he's probably not going to like yeah. everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he's probably not going to stay there very long. He'll probably be pushed up into the early rounds. Uh, you know, especially if they trade Damian Harris. Man, he is going to just rock it if they trade Damian Harris. So that's no, a guy I can't I've been, imagine. Yeah, that's a guy I've been really targeting. Uh, you know, he has a good role in that offense. He's been, um, you know, participating for third downs in camp. So that's a guy I like. Uh, the other two guys in that range for running backs are Damian Pierce and Daryl Henderson. Uh, Damian Pierce has really nobody to compete with. I mean, he's competing with Marlon Mack. People keep saying Marlon Mack. Yeah, like what has Marlon Mack done? He's, <laughs> he's okay. He's serviceable, but he's not the – He's not going to be the lead dog. Damian Harris, or I'm sorry, Damian Pierce uh, is definitely going to be the lead dog. Maybe not right out of the gate. Maybe they'll ease him in a little bit. But some of the runs that he had in the preseason game uh, yesterday were awesome. Like, he he looks electric. So that's somebody I've been targeting a whole lot. And again, Daryl Henderson, uh, Sean McVay came out and said that it's kind of been a 50-50 split between him and Cam Akers and camp. So I love that value, getting him late. He's a guy that has proven that he can run the ball very well. He has good vision. You know, obviously Cam Makers is there, and I know they like Cam Makers a whole lot. So I, I also like Cam Makers, but Daryl Henderson, if, if I'm going to get a guy in the late rounds that's going to split it 50-50 with somebody else, I mean, that's tremendous value. I mean, he's he's going to be my running back 5-6 at that. So I will, I will take that any day of the week. Do you uh, like, you know, any of those guys? Have you been drafting any of those guys at, at all? Damian Pierce is someone that I really like a lot, you know, especially – in that word, I I could pull that up really quick too. I believe he is somewhere around probably RB 45, if I had to guess. And 
he's probably the cheapest. I think we talked about him. I think I highlighted him last week in the show at some point because he's the probably the cheapest running back, starting potential starting running back in that draft range. Because you just don't see Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. You saw, I, and he he had a really nice run that I saw um, in the preseason game. So I'm excited about Pierce. He's someone that I'm hitting a lot. Jamal, he, he's currently RB 39. 39. It's a little higher than I thought, but it's still someone I really like a lot there. Just right alongside uh, Cordero Patterson. Probably, you know, not I, I prefer Patterson in that range, but like on that next round pick, absolutely. Jamal Williams is someone that I really love too. I just I think he's going to have some goal line work this year. And if anything were to happen to Swift, he has a ton of upside. Before we dive in to wide receivers, though, I just want to talk about Trade Coffee really quick. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. They are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade is so confident they'll match you match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let, and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drink trade.com slash SGP for $30 off level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we were a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you got another save the date and are wondering how you're going to afford a gift. That's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift or catch up on those bills. Download the Dave app for, from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant tra- transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, and that is it for the promos and everything. We are going to dive into wide receivers and tight ends in this last little range here. In the in the first few rounds of, wide, of drafts, is there any wide receivers that you're targeting? Yeah, uh, the main one being Cortland Sutton. Again, I, I think he is going to be the most targeted guy in Denver. Uh, I do like Jerry Judy as well, but, you know, Bible narrative, right? He's, he's religious. Russell Wilson's very religious. You know, I do think that that is, you know, holds some value. So I, I do like Sutton. I believe he can be the the deep threat. So I like that he can probably have a bunch of boom weeks for for Denver. Uh, so that's a guy I've been hot and heavy on. Uh, outside of that, you know, again, I like Juju Smith-Schuster because of the offense. Um, obviously, my boy Terry McLaurin, shout out Scary Terry. You know, I, I can see him obviously, you know, giving us another thousand yard 10 touchdown kind of year, you know, Wentz is going to have to throw the ball. They're probably going to be behind in games. I, I hate to say that, but you know, I'm a realist. So, you know, those are, those are probably the main guys. Um, another guy I have a lot of exposure to, and I didn't really realize until I looked is, is AJ Brown. And I, again, I, I don't know if it's because when I'm in the one or two and it's, you know, the turn back for, for round two and three, he just seems to be my favorite guy there. Uh, the only other guy that, again, that's in that range that I really like taking is Keenan Allen, you know, due to Justin Herbert, you know, being a 
really good quarterback, and I feel like they're going to throw the ball a lot as well. So I, outside of that, you know, there, there's a guy I stay away from, and it's Tyreek Hill. Everyone loves Tyreek Hill, and I loved him with Mahomes, but I do not love him with Tua. I hate Tua. Not, you know, not personally, but what he's going to do, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, all this Tua going to throw the deep ball Tua's accurate. Like I'm just seeing video after video of him throwing ducks, under throwing guys like Tyreek Hill is going to get pissed off if that happens. Like he's so used to a guy potentially overthrowing him. He's not going to want to stop and to catch a ball that's underthrown. So that that's a guy I've been staying away from. But, um, you know, like I said, Corlin Sutton, um, Terry McLaurin, Juju, those are probably the main guys I'm I've been targeting. You know, it's that's funny. I, I'm all here for the two I hate. I, I don't I feel bad for the guy. I don't want to hate him, but I all my takes this offseason have been negative to a related, so I kind of have to root against the man. <laughs> uh, I just don't think he's that good either. Like it's just the the coaching staff who saw him every day in practice had so little confidence in him. Players, there was a player that was quoted saying he was wasting his career with Tua as his quarterback, and this was somebody who's practicing with him every day. I just can't get that stuff out of my mind. They, I mean, and you saw the games. I don't know if you saw some of these late games last season, last year. I was watching in the fantasy playoffs, begging Tua to do something, and they, and like it would be critical, like end of the first half, we need a score, and they're running the ball because they do want to keep the ball out of Tua's hands. The talent is definitely concerning to me. He's we're, we're going, we're talking about quarterbacks, but you know I mean? It's, it's, it's a little concerning to me. So I understand the dislike of Tyreek Hill. Uh, you brought up some interesting names though. Uh, a, Juju is not someone that I've been targeting at his, his uh, kind of low wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three price tag. Why, why do you like him so much? Uh, you know, again, he's going in like the fourth, fifth round uh, you know, in that offense. I mean, if, if you could go back last year and pick, even the number two wide receiver in that offense, you would probably want to target him in that area. He could potentially be the one. I'm not sure if it's going to be him, Sky Moore, MVS. Is Miko Hardman finally going to have that breakout season that we've always been talking about? You know, I, to me, I think it's Juju. He's a well-established wide receiver. You saw what he did with Big Ben. I think that he's probably going to have a low A dot, but that's fine. You know, especially with the ability after the catch that he has. So again, I think it's just it's just the offense, his ability, and I think that he needed a fresh start from Pittsburgh, and obviously a great landing spot is Kansas City. Couldn't agree with you more there. I'm just a little concerned about just kind of the lack of money. I don't like I don't maybe it's too much to read into. Maybe maybe that just isn't a good indication of fantasy production. But I would like to see a little bit more confidence. Some other team having a little bit more confidence in Juju. My favorite wide receiver, who I don't know if he'll be in this range much longer. Well, I guess he, I guess he's an early round receiver. He'll have to stay in that range, but he's becoming less, a little bit less of a value. Michael Thomas is someone that I'm pushing closer to in my top 20 wide receivers, and I think he's still ranked past wide receiver two range on underdog. He's a great value to me. I'm just making sure I get him in the early fifth round. It's about you know seven or eight picks before his current ADP, but I'm just making sure I'm grabbing him right there as soon as the fifth round hits. He's just, you know, I just love the talent, you know, especially in an underdog redraft leagues. I'm here to, I'm here to try to win some cash. I'm here for upside. Michael Thomas has more upside than any wide receiver in that range, in my opinion. Are you grabbing any Michael Thomas this year? 
I actually have a pretty low exposure on Thomas. I'm I'm worried that Chris Olave is going to be a lot better than some people think. I know some people are, are really hot and heavy for him, but I do think Olave is uh, a very good wide receiver. Um, I, I, the main thing for me with Mike Thomas is I'm a little worried that he's not going to give 100% effort because of that broken relationship with the Saints. You know, I, I don't want to say they did him dirty, but he's kind of been a little wishy-washy, right? He had this ankle injury and then he seemed like he was going to be okay and the next thing you know he wasn't playing anymore and he was kind of seemed like he was going to ask to be traded and he wanted more money and so I, I worry that he just isn't going to give full effort and and I'm not a guy that wants anybody on my team that I, I don't feel is going to give 100% you know day in and day out so I do worry that if they aren't good he's kind of going to shut down a little bit and not give full effort. I, yeah, I absolutely get that. And it's certainly concerning, especially considering he he could have came back, it seems like, a little bit sooner than he did. And he and he and it seemed to extend into this offseason, making everybody uncomfortable. I'm willing to bet on the upside, though. We'll certainly see if I'm correct. As far as my mid-rounds wide receivers go, I have Hunter Renfro selected. I uh, he's, a, he's a great value, I think, in that wide receiver four range, especially in leagues that I don't have to set my lineup. I think with all the passing weapons there, I certainly see where the bust weeks are going to happen, where weeks where it's going to be Adams, it's going to be Waller. But I also see some certainly some Hunter Renfro weeks. I would, you know, Derek Carr loved him on third down last year. I certainly see some touchdowns. I Like I said, I think there's going to be the bust games that move him down a little bit in redraft leagues. But in best ball leagues, you know, where he's going, I, I think he's going to be inserted into most lineups probably seven or eight times this year. And that, that, that's all I'm looking for in that range. Yeah, actually, I, I fully agree with you. I haven't drafted a lot of Hunter Renfro outside of when I know I want to get Carr. Um, Hunter Renfro is interesting to me because he's a good PPR guy. He is trusted by Derek Carr. But with the addition of Devontae Adams, you know, is Devontae Adams going to pull at the heartstrings of Carr and Hunter Refro is going to be the ex-girlfriend, essentially? You know, so I, I do worry about that a little bit. But, I mean, he's a great talent. He's fantastic route runner. I mean, around the goal line, you know, if they're in the red zone, Hunter Renfro, I, I feel, is going to be very underrated in the in the red zone you know he's a guy that has great hands and again Derek Carr trust him so I'm interested to see what happens with you know the season you know who kind of gets Derek Carr's eye a little bit you know who, who's going to be that guy so I I haven't drafted a lot of them but I don't shy away from him either if he's a guy there and you know I prefer him as my running or as my wide receiver four or five personally I don't really want him as my third but again, you know, he's a guy that I'm, I'm not shying away from. I just haven't happened to draft a lot of him as of right now. Yeah. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, he's someone, you know, in that range where you're going to be looking at uh, probably Brandon Ayuk, uh, Rashad Penny, Kareem Hunt. And if I need a wide receiver and if I went running back heavy earlier in the draft, like I said, really love it. You know, he's thousand yard pro bowler last year. You know, you're not going to find that. I don't think that late in drafts, if I, my memory serves me correctly. I can't think of anybody who had that good of a year last year ranked that low. Who are some of your favorite targets before I, I move on here? Who are some of your favorite targets kind of in that round 7 to 12 range? So I have four here that I listed, and that's because I draft a lot of wide receivers in this range. This is kind of the range that I really hone in on wide receivers I like. Um, and those guys are Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubs, Jahan Dotson, and Devontae Smith. Um Lazard and Dubs, you know, because 
again, this is kind of like the juju to, to Chiefs thing for me is I think that the Packers offense is going to be good. Aaron Rodgers is fantastic, you know, back-to-back MVP. Shout out Hiawaska. He he went on this spiritual journey, found himself, and man, he is just lights out. Um, and again, if if you if you don't know what Hiawaska is, uh, go on YouTube and search Joe Rogan and listen to him talk yeah. about it. It is fantastic. Like some of the stuff he talks about and some of the people he has on. I didn't know what it was until about a year ago, and when I, when I found out, I kind of researched a little bit. It's it's very interesting. So I could see how he opened his mind by doing Hiawaska. Um, so again, <laughs> Lazard and Dubs, uh, you know, th- those are two guys that I really like drafting in this area. Um, Jahan Dotson, again, shout out Penn State, fantastic player, great hands. Dude carries a football around with him everywhere. Literally the day after they drafted him, he showed up to the doors out of the car with a football in his hands. Like he met the coaching staff with a football in his hands. He carries it everywhere, does everything with a football. The dude is um, very good. I watched him at Penn State, saw he's a burner. You know, he's he's a little underrated with his speed. And I think they're going to use him a lot in, in the red zone. I think he's a double-digit touchdown kind of guy. Um, I do think it's going to take away from Terry's touchdown upside a little bit. Um, so I've been drafting a lot of Jahan Dotson. And then uh, the last one I said was uh, Devontae Smith. And that's because I think A.J. Brown's going to command a lot of double coverage. And that's going to leave Smith open. They already showed last year that him and Hertz have a connection. Uh, the coaching staff likes Devontae Smith. He He's a player that they don't have to worry about on or off the field. I know he's a little banged up right now, and that's not too concerning to me, to be honest, considering where he's going in drafts here. Um, but I, I you know, love the offense. hate the Eagles, but I, I have to at least realize that their offense is going to be good. And, you know, again, I think he's going to be the beneficiary of A.J. Brown being good and getting double covered. You know, that's that's why you check out this pot. You look if you're looking for the next Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford breakfast take. It's it's the Aaron Rodgers Hiawaska, you know, unlocking <laughs> the wide receivers this year. There we go. I love it. Um, I'm all about it. I, I, I'm all about the spiritual journey that Aaron Rodgers has gone on. I, I hope it works out. I have I've grabbed a ton of Lazard, so I, I, I need it to work out for him. So I love that pick. Devonte Smith is one of my I have him right along eyesight ADP and redraft just because I think it's going to be some boom bust this year. But in dynasty leagues, you know, for you dynasty players, I can't think of a better buy than Devontae Smith right now just because that's he is you know, so talented. Ranked as a wide receiver three right now feels a little bit criminal. We're getting a little short on time, so we'll move on to tight ends, though. And my favorite early round tight end I have is Kyle Pitts. It's just an you know it's just an easy pick for me you know a, a round and a half a round past where Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are going you're getting almost as much upside maybe not quite as much as Kelsey if he just goes you know has a, a great year with Patrick Mahomes and gets 160 170 targets but you know past that I think he does probably have the most upside just an athletic freak uh, you know just a few more touchdown passes last year and I think he's probably going in round two are you getting any Kyle Pitts this year yes a ton. Um, I think the target share is going to be astronomical for him. You know, outside of him and Drake London, they have a bunch of buffoons on the team. I mean, a bunch of guys that they may want to use, may not want to use. It's very confusing to me what what they're going to do with the wide receiver two, three, four on that team. So I'm taking Pitts. I'm taking him earlier than normal. Um, you know, I, I love Pitts. The, the talent is there. I mean, look what he did last year. I mean, if he can build even a little bit on what he did last year and score more than one touchdown, which is going to happen. If it doesn't, uh, you know, I'll, I'll shit. I mean, that, that's just insane. I mean, he has to score more than one touchdown, right? So I've been taking Kyle Pitts a lot. 
Um, and again, it, he's not even somebody that I need to stack with. I, I just want him as my tight end and don't even care if I get Marcus Mariota or uh, Desmond Ritter. You know, he, he I will take, you know, for a lack of better term, a naked, uh, naked Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I like it. Um, that's that, that's how I like my Kyle Pitts. So that's perfect. <laughs> uh, so before we head out of here, I'll just get I'll just get your favorite tight ends. Who 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 are your favorite tight ends to draft this year? Some of your, some of your most exposed players. Oh man, you know most exposed right now uh, is probably Cole Clement or Dallas Goddard. Again, I was taking them uh, early in drafts. You know when they were going even later than they are now. Um, I love Cole Clement. He's probably the number two pass catcher in Chicago. He had a good connection with Justin Fields last year. He's a big dude. No more Jimmy Graham. He's the guy. I think they're going to use him a lot in the red zone. Um, you know, he's a guy that for me could get 80 catches. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball in Chicago. They're going to be behind in games. Uh, you know, Darnell Mooney's there, but Darnell Mooney's probably going to draw coverage a lot more. And the, the middle's probably going to be pretty open for them, uh, you know, most times. So I love Cole Komet there. Um, a couple other guys I'm drafting real late in drafts are Hunter Henry, Robert Tunyon, and Brevin Jordan. Um, you know, again, Brevin Jordan, I spoke about him already. Robert Tunyon, he's a guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts. Um, you know, he's been there. I know he got hurt last year and he's coming back from that. But again, you know, Aaron Rodgers has shown us that if you trust the guy, he will definitely give him the ball. So I like Tunyon and Hunter Henry. That's just a guy I think can get double the touchdowns. I think they want to use the tight end more there. Uh, you know, I don't really believe in John New Smith as much. So Hunter Henry is a guy that, you know, I feel can definitely get double digit touchdowns. I, I don't really expect him to get a whole lot of catches, you know, maybe in the 50 60 range at that but definitely doubled it to touchdowns is is my expectation for him yeah i mean that's what he did last year and that that'll get in your lineup in tight ends no doubt about that so you, you like you like the eagles passing offense this year you like aj brown you like dallas goddard i do uh you know again it's just they have a very easy schedule uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, needs to take a step up. So I think that he wants to prove that he can throw the ball. He's not just going to run it, not just going to hand it off. Uh, you know, again, they have a great offensive line, so it's going to give Jalen Hurts time to pass the ball. I hate to say it as a Commanders fan. You know, I, I unfortunately can see that the Eagles are probably going to win the division. I have Dallas finishing third. So, you know, again, it's uh, – yeah, I know, it's right? spicy. Yeah. Hot like take it. there. Yeah, I, I gave Sean – I was on the Commanders – uh, preview and I gave Sean a plus 1100 bet where Eagles finished first and commanders finished second. So, you know, again, I I'm, I'm high on the Eagles. I hate to say it, but I do believe that their uh, passing offense is going to be pretty electric this year. I, I expect them to average probably 24, 25 points a game. Ooh, I hope you're right. That's how, that's how I like it. I have a lot of exposure to, uh, I have a good amount of exposure to all those guys, especially in dynasty leagues, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, those young guns. So, I hope you're right about Jalen Hurts' success. He's one of my – I highlighted him as my favorite early-round quarterback. I do love the potential. He's a little risky. I, I certainly do see that, but I love the upside as well, and I see him taking a step forward as a passer. I highlighted Zach Ertz already just being in a great offense, great opportunity, very talented player. Albert O, I see, is probably the biggest uh, beneficiary of Tim Patrick being injured. A lot more touchdown opportunities. Potentially now just getting to slide into that clear number three target in a Russell Wilson-led offense. Those are some of my favorites, but we are out of time. You see, another one, we just 
we were pushed we were able to push the barrier a little bit more this week we we got uh we got everything done but we went extended a little bit over time so hopefully you guys enjoyed it still anything you want to leave the viewers with this week no um you know actually yeah one thing when you're going into a draft don't be afraid to to let loose a little bit you know and especially you know i know we touched about on this last week about if you're drafting a lot of teams or a few teams in best ball especially in, in underdog but don't be afraid to to let loose a little bit and get some different combinations of players that you don't normally take you know don't look at ADP and feel like, okay, I have to stay within, you know, six or seven spots of, of ADP where I'm drafting from, you know, if there's a guy that you have conviction on, that's 12 spots down, just take him. you know, do, do what you want. Uh, feel good about your team. You want to look back after the draft. I always look back at my team after the draft and like, look at him like, all right, like, where do I feel like I probably could have did a little better? Where did I maybe run out of time with my 30 seconds on the pick and just kind of, you know, pick something. Cause I got, I, I didn't really know what to do at that point. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to do some different things. Don't be afraid to go for the guys that you want and, you know, just, just have fun with it. I mean, best ball is so much fun that people take it real serious. And so do I, and obviously you do as well, but you know, at, at the end of the day, we're spending our hard earned money to draft these teams, have fun with it. Uh, you know, and, and again, uh, PSA never draft four quarterbacks. Yeah. You said that last week. I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a topic of the show. The, I, I agree with you. I, I, I like to be happy with my team, especially in the later rounds of drafts, that ADP is going to change and be inaccurate. You know, I'm, I'm taking DJ shark around above ADP in every draft I'm in. So grab yourself some DJ shark. I'm going to think, you know, and in these next couple of weeks, I'm going to think of a clever sign off. Justin and all these guys have a very clever sign off about, being great and you know if you're not being great doing something else so you know i'll i'll, I'll find stuff that i'll find a little clever sign up for us all and we'll, we'll we'll have that in the next coming episode but thanks again for joining us everybody it's been a lot of fun and we will see you next week